Hello everyone and welcome to the very first episode of Occult Classic, the podcast. Uh-huh. My name is Tyler <laughs> Martin and I am joined here by my co-host... Stone Mountain. We're Absolutely. so happy to be here. We are so excited. We've been talking about making a podcast for a long time. Months. And this is really scary and I think we're really feeling the object permanence setting in. <laughs> True. And um, we're just, we're just going to do it. We're going to keep it fun. Um, we're going to keep it light. We think we have some some fun things planned uh, for you guys, and we think you're really going to enjoy it. At least we hope you will. Um, so thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, without let's... further ado, welcome to our first episode of Occult Classic, Woo! the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start out today uh, with our very first segment, uh, which is going to be called Ty's EVT Sesh, yes. because I love a paranormal investigation, and I, and I love a good EVP. Um, if you hey, don't this know... Is EV, this is our EVT. This is EVT, the, as in sip the tea, <laughs> um, EVT Sesh, uh, which is obviously a play on EVP, which is... Uh, I can't speak. Electronic voice phenomenon. Phenomenon. Um, to be fair, that's a really big word. Um, anyways, this is just going to be a general, um, vibe check. You'll get some insight into the life of myself and Stone and what's going on. Just a great way to break the ice and get into our episode. (laughs) Um, so today I actually have planned a little bit of something to talk about, um, just to sound off of, um, Mercury's in retrograde, if you didn't know. Um, we're suffering, which basically means you're allowed to, um, I should say I'm allowed to blame the fact that I didn't wake up to my alarm for work the other day on this planet that looks like it's going backwards, but it's not, but kind of is. Um, And to make matters worse, um, as if the Mercury being in retrograde wasn't terrible enough, it's also in Scorpio. It's in Scorpio. Um, So Stone is living. I specifically am uh, (laughs) just finding my way through this chaotic Scorpio season. Um, I feel my powers growing, and yet I feel myself losing control with each passing day. And you know what? I just, I simply cannot relate because I am a Taurus <laughs> through and through. And if you know anything about astrology, Taurus is the, the opposite we sign are. of Scorpio. So the, already an interesting dynamic, <laughs> as you can tell. Um, but I don't know if you've been experiencing any, anything, but yeah, my week has been whack. I've just been like... Absolutely whack. Sluggish and like bad at answering texts and not getting texts back like it's just it's the it's the mercury thing and y'all can y'all can roast us in the in the comments below or whatever about astrology or whatever but the alignment of these coincidences of these coinky dinks is too much for me that like Oof. mercury literally the 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 planet rules communication and that every time mercury is in retrograde you always have problems with communicating with your friends with your family with your coworkers, with your classmates or whatever and like even us like finding time to do this recording, like literally everything oh, has so been much. like, okay, I'm not free then, I'm free here. Oh wait, I didn't see that text. Like, I'm I'm ready for it to be done. I'm I'm excited. Also, I'm excited for Scorpio season. Like, I want to have fun, but I need Mercury to to calm down. And you know, I'm very glad that Stone's going to be feeling good because I'm going to need a lot of emotional support, <laughs> I'm gonna... and I can already feel. Um, we'll balance it out. Yes. Um, but I can definitely, I can definitely relate. You know, being a, a Taurus and having Mercury in retrograde in Scorpio, it's been a lot for me, and I'm not sure I can, I can handle much more of it. Much so more I'm hoping. Um, but but again, to make things even worse, as if they couldn't couldn't get worse, sir. Worse, sir. Um, the final day of this retrograde will be on the day of the election. I'm not, so I'm actually crying. Um, you know what? I actually don't want to talk about that I... anymore. <laughs> So um, we're good. That, that's our. That's you know our what? EBT. You know what? That's the EBT. <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde. It's in Scorpio. It's it's screwed up and and um, it's affecting us. Guys. It's affecting us a so. lot. Um, so that is that on that. Um, and now we we are going to very quickly. We're just we're just rattling off these icebreakers before we get to the main course. Our next segment is Scream Time. Scream Time. I am deeply and thoroughly obsessed with uh, TV and film and all things pop culture. And so this basically is a segment in which I try to convince Tyler to watch 
one of the many movies that I see. Because I, you know what, <laughs> Tyler does. You know not what, watch. this is a really great place where our personality, our personalities, just really don't mesh. Right. Because I just, I simply don't consume media. Tyler does not watch TV. I Tyler really does not don't. watch movies. You know, I really, I really do just love finishing my day and going to my room. And sitting on my bed and staring at the ceiling and listening to music. I really, really enjoy that as an activity. And it, I can, the, the repulse on it's, Stone's face. It's right truly, now. it's insane because it's like, it's literally the one thing. Like, we get along so well. We're like such complimentary personalities as friends. And it's the one thing that I like have to actively push out of my mind I because I cannot I fathom. Like, I am, I am always listening to a podcast, watching a movie, watching TV shows, like, I have to be consuming content at all times. And the the peace, the inner peace that you can find to um, not do that. You know what? You know what? I need a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) I need a therapist. But so, okay. So the movie for this week is As Above, So Below. Um, And it's probably not a great one for us to start off with because... Um, it's not a very good movie, but I think it's a really fun movie. Here's what I'll say. Here are the, here are the talking points. Here are the pluses. Um, it's action-packed. It's like a tight, like, a hundred minutes. It's, pr- I, I'm probably lying. Someone's gonna, like, at me in the comments and be like, it's actually 120. Oh, don't um, be a hater. <laughs> don't be a hater. Um, but it, it moves, it moves quickly. Um, is it well-written? No. Is it super confusing? <laughs> it has to do... It's about the... Uh, they're searching for the Sorcerer's Stone. The Philosopher's Stone, sorry. Sorry for our British listeners. The Philosopher's Stone. Um, and it's this... Uh, she... Who's the actress? Her name is Scarlet. It's Perdita Weeks. She hasn't been in much after this as far as I know. Sorry, Perdita. Um, she's a queen still. She's a queen still. She she was she starred in this movie. She, Scarlet is this like anthropologist, archaeologist, speaks five languages, has like three PhDs, and it's like I'm gonna go find the philosopher's stone. I'm gonna like she, it, the movie starts in Iran and they're like destroying ruins, and she has to like get these pictures. She has to get video of all these runes that tell her where. The Philosopher's Stone is, it's, it literally continues to get more convoluted, but basically they go into the catacombs of Paris that also turn out to be a gateway to hell because the Philosopher's Stone is like <laughs> in hell or at the gateway to hell and like literally all of the characters die, nearly all the characters die. Oh, I'm, I'm like literally, spoiler alert guys, not everyone dies, but a lot of characters die and they keep, they're like, we have to go deeper if we want to get out. The only way out is deeper. And I'm like, well, logically speaking, no. Like, that makes actually zero sense. So they become, like, thousands of feet underground. Thousands of feet underground. Like, people are catching on fire. They're drowning in rivers of blood. They're, like, seeing visions of their father who committed suicide. Like, it, it, I mean, there is there is action galore. But, boy, is it so convoluted and so poorly written. But it's kind of scary. Yeah, it is It is a tasteful... It's 93 minutes. Just 93. Well, well to put this in perspective, in like the two minutes that Stone just spent talking... <laughs> you phased I'm out. I'm pretty sure I just... You blacked out. Completely blacked out. Um, okay, well... So... Um, listeners, if you guys want to check out As Above, So Below, it's on Netflix. And you know what? If you've got a therapist recommendation... <laughs> Um, send it my way. I'm in the greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. I really please, could use Please do both, guys. Go watch As Above So Below. You're like, you're like it's also. action-packed, and I'm like, oh, sounds underwhelming. <laughs> I'll go stare at my ceiling instead. Um, but yes, that I is our myself. horror movie of the week. Uh, it's not great, but actually some sections of it are very scary um, and, and pretty action-packed. Especially if you're scared of, like, if demonic stuff gets you... This, this is a good one for you. Like, I know a lot of people that are like, I can handle, like, serial killer movies, but right. not demon ones. Right. If you're scared of demon ones, check this one out. Even though it's, like, so-so. That is scream time, screen time. All I'll right. come back next week with a better movie, well, guys. you know what? You guys go check that out, and you know what? You tell me how it is in, like, in like a short <laughs> summary. With, with that said, um, uh, I will go find a therapist later. Uh, we're going to move into our next segment. To our last icebreaker. Our last icebreaker. Our ghost stories, which I'm very excited. Yes. Um, this is called Do You Believe? So basically, I have uh, 
We have we have uh, created a list of different occult and paranormal or urban legends categories. We have like poltergeist, but we also have like Bigfoot, Megalodon, <laughs> the, the massive shark. We have, I, I, I believe there's giant squid on here, uh, spirit guides, parallel universes, aliens. We have a whole bunch of categories and this will be a growing list. So no two weeks will ever be the same. Basically, mm-hmm. we take that list, we throw it into a random number generator and whenever number comes out, we're going to give our takes on this topic for the week, just our personal experience and whether or not we believe. And it's spontaneous. It's and in spontaneous. The it's so improv. You're, so you're getting Stone and Tyler completely raw. Authentic, authentic. Unplugged, yes. uncensored. Yes. So Here this week we got number nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It is parallel universes. Parallel universes. Parallel universes. Okay. Do you want? Do you want to go first? Or I, have, I have thoughts and feelings. You know what? You know, give me something to work off of. Okay, you, okay. You, you go so first. You, you I, I'm pretty good at responding, and Stone loves Stone loves a a good old, a good old take. <laughs> I, I am okay. So, so do I believe? I do believe in parallel universes, and it's it's twofold for me. And I, I'll I'll try to be quick. You I know, what? I think Bear agrees with Bear you. agrees. Bear Bear is, Bear, is, Bear is here with us. Bear is here um, with I'm us. Sure, in the you studio. can hear. Him. And he is so exciting. If you hear panting on the audio, we'll try to edit it out. But that's Bear, our mascot. Um, my 100-pound Bernie's Mountain Dog. Um, he's, he's adorable. He's my whole world. He's my brother, and he's my son. Um, I think he agrees with you. He agrees. He also believes in parallel universes. There's a parallel universe where he can talk, and I'd much rather be there. Um, but I'm happy to have him here. Um, there are no parallel universes, though, where I don't have him. Uh, <laughs> those don't exist. <laughs> so, okay, I do believe in parallel universes. Um, like, I can get into, like, a whole bunch of, like, niche physics theories that I don't know enough about to even talk about so I won't do that but it's twofold it's one it's because I want them to be real because I think that that would be really cool but two <laughs> what <laughs> let's just I want them to be real guys because real. that would be so, so cool so they are that uh, but two there is this one of the like theories that I don't know enough about and if you're like a science person I don't want to hear it from you because I'm I'm going to be I don't want to hear, hear it from you, you. But basically the concept is that if, if time travel could ever be like invented, um, which like is already like not really, uh, believed to be possible, but if it could be invented and you go back in time, basically the changes that you make would actually create a a parallel parallel universe. universe. So you wouldn't get to see the changes enacted, but another version of you would, which kind of sucks because then you wouldn't get to go back and like change your life. But it's basically like it, it corrects the like grandfather, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Grandfather paradox? Is that what you call it? Yeah, grandfather paradox. We're like, what if you went back and killed your grandfather, but then there wouldn't be anyone kill your oh, grandfather? Oh, yes, yes, you yes. Exist. Right, you wouldn't exist. It basically fixes that by create like splicing off a new universe that is that like new timeline. So that's like where like multiverse theory comes into play. And again, if you're a scientist who knows more about this, I don't want to hear it from you. I know I'm not saying this right, but I want them to be real, and I've read like two BuzzFeed articles and you know about what? how they could be real. And you know what? Take your science degree. Stone Mountain wants them to be <laughs> exactly. real. So take your science we degree. We go to art school. And put it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> okay, so that's my take. I do believe in parallel universes because I want them to be real, and I read some articles. Well, you know what? What about you, Tyler? Unlike, you the, unlike the movie, this is one thing I really can get into. Um, <laughs> and I think um, I definitely do believe in parallel universes. Um Particularly, I'm interested in the um, idea of like the relation of that feeling of deja vu and parallel totally, universes totally, because totally. I have the most profound experiences with deja vu, right. like where I can literally predict the next ten minutes, like moment by moment, with no explanation. Yeah, and it just like the only thing that I've ever been able to like come up with is, oh my gosh, this is like happened this has truly happened before or it's existing in another parallel universe and i i forget i read again some kind of buzzfeed article about the relationship (laughs) so you know what scientists shut your mouth um is buzzfeed peer-reviewed is it it scientific you know what i really stay using like buzzfeed for my references on my work cited and mla you know um yeah but i definitely do believe i mean i just everything that you said and everything that i've read totally makes enough sense to me 
Um, and with those personal encounters, I really, you know, I can yeah. get behind that. And I feel like also that's one of those things where, like, again, we're not scientists. We can't make that clear enough. But I feel like that's one of those things that, like, you can't really disprove. Like, how how would you be able to prove, like, create some machine that should make you jump universes and then it doesn't work, I guess? I don't know. I, if you can't disprove it, I'm, I'm going with it because I like the idea and I'd prefer if it was real because that's cool. <laughs> Again, take your science degree. And jump <laughs> take your science degree out of here. <laughs> Um, um, so that so is, we both believe. Are, are do you believe? We both we believe. We both believe. Uh, do, we you believe? <laughs> do you believe? Do you Sound believe? Sound off in the comments. Guys, let us know. Sound off. Um, Fantastic. Amazing. Um, well. Wow. We have finished our icebreakers. I hope the ice feels broken with you, listener. It certainly feels broken with us. I'm already sweating with excitement because I get to go first with my ghost story. Oh my goodness. And I'm so excited. I'm I'm going to talk to you today Spook about me. the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, one of the most, one of the most haunted places in the world. Uh, yes, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. So let's talk about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Ooh. I'm going to take you through some quick history, and then we're going to get into the hauntings that have happened here because there are far too many. Um, so the Waverly Alrighty. Hills Sanitarium, Waverly Hill was purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883 uh, as like a Hayes family home. Uh-huh. And there wasn't a school anywhere near, like it was like kind of out in the middle of the country. Um, and this is in, this is in, uh, Louisville, right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Lou- Louisville. 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 However y'all say it. Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be bad. I'm from Cleveland. I say Louisville, so. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Texas. Louisville. Everything's bigger. Um, so he built a one room schoolhouse for his kids cause there was like no school around for his daughters and like hired a school teacher to come and teach them. Um, and from what I understand that schoolhouse was like the foundation for in the early 1900s, Jefferson County was like being swept with tuberculosis. Uh, um, not tuberculosis. Pandemics, pandemics too real. Um, uh, there were so many cases specifically in Louisville because there were so many like wetlands and that environment was like, like right. rich for the tuberculosis the, bacteria, the bacteria to like reproduce and grow and spread. That's crazy. Um, so uh, in like 1911, uh, this city started building uh, like a specific tuberculosis ward um, right on Waverly Hills. And they kept the name from uh, this like schoolhouse that was built. So that was the Waverly Hills Sanatorium was founded. First, this like uh, I think it's just like a two-story uh, wooden building that was able to hold like twenty or like forty patients, and this was just like for uh, early cases. So it was two open-air pavilions and one main building because they the thought process back then was that the best way to cure tuberculosis was like nutritious food and a lot of fresh air, mm-hmm. and so they basically had these like open-air pavilions. They had beds and like medical equipment in the main building, but then two really big open-air pavilions that could hold like in the days the the uh patients out in the open air so they could like get better which i don't think it actually works it's, that like, way. it's like with coke when you go outside you're like we can take our masks off right. outside and we're exactly. outside guys it's fine um and eventually <laughs> eventually it was getting so bad that by like 1912 they added on uh a advanced cases section that could hold 40 more patients in 1914 they added on a children's pavilion that had 50 beds um and it like just kind of kept on growing and growing um and it, it, at around 1914 uh the wooden structure could hold 130 patients oh. and so this was not enough the wooden structure constantly needed repairs um the uh there was no space they were always overcrowded uh so basically they tore sections of that down and built a this like five story I'll show you the picture we'll post it on our socials uh, building that's like this like monolith of a building like a real building with stone oh. and steel um, that was five stories and could hold uh, more than 400 patients in March of 1924 and so this is basically where our hauntings start uh, because this tuberculosis ward um, has I believe it was like 8,000 people 
stayed and died. There was a rumor Jesus. that it was like 63,000 and they were like, oh my gosh, no, that's a way overestimation. Between 1910 and 1980, it was only 8,000 people. But only. To have, only. Only 8,000 8, people, people die like, you know, on this like four acre plot of land. That is... Is uh, like the a breeding hive ground of for hauntings. It's a hive of energy. So, jeez. Uh, basically, they um, that that structure was opened, uh, and then eventually they they had a cure for tuberculosis. The per- tuberculosis pandemic eventually ended in the nineteen uh, forties, um, and then Waverly Hills was officially closed in nineteen sixty one. The building was reopened in 1962 as a Woodhaven geriatric center, so a nursing home primarily treating aging patients with varying stages of dementia um, or mobility problems uh, and the severely mentally handicapped. Um, however, Woodhaven failed greatly because it was severely understaffed and overcrowded, and there were reports of patient neglect uh, that ha- the state of Kentucky closed it in uh, 1982, Ugh. which also I feel like there's definitely some hauntings of some mistreated uh, patients uh, in this geriatric center that are definitely still roaming about. Then it got bought out in 1983 Ugh. and was turned into a prison. Um, Ooh, yeah, the it, parallels. It, it just has been going on and on. Um, and uh, eventually that prison was sold to uh, the uh, Christ the Redeemer Foundation Incorporated. Um, so in March... Now, hold on. <laughs> this, now, this, hold on. Be, beyond the what? hauntings that we're going to get into, this plot of land has literally, like, has been through the ringer. It has been a tuberculosis ward, a geriatric center, a prison, and now it's about to be... Now they're about to attempt into making it a uh, basically a, a worship center. So they wanted to. This group wanted to uh, build a uh, sort of like a copy or a a one up of the Christ the Redeemer in Rio of the giant statue of Jesus. And I think they wanted to make one even larger. I believe the cost of development uh, of the the first phase was just four million dollars, and then the second phase which would convert the sanatorium into a chapel, a theater, and a gift shop was $8 million or more. Um, I'm laughing because... So they, they have this like whole plan, and then the entire project gets canceled December of 1997, like less than a year later, because they only raised, raised, raised $3,000. You know what? Cursed, haunted, haunted, and just... You know what? They should have known. They should have known. They should have known. And I also they just don't know out. why in the middle of like... Kentucky, we needed a basically a copy of this statue. It was going to be 150 feet tall. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide. See, we just simply did it. It just, <laughs> like, just that money could it. go somewhere else. Um, so that project got canceled. Uh, and then in 2001, it was sold uh, to the Mattenleys. I'm hoping I'm saying that name's right. Uh, they restored the sanatorium and now it is. Uh, a like a haunted house attraction and a like a historic uh not really museum but basically it's like they do haunted tours right they do night tours they do uh events every halloween you could not um, pay me enough and we're gonna go you, no we're, <laughs> listener you pay me enough. if you guys support us enough support our patreon or wherever we intake money i will force i will i will grab tyler throw him into my car <sighs> and we'll go and we'll record an episode for our for our listeners, you know what? I'd be, love to, I'd love to see him try. It'll be great. You could not. You could not pay me. Um, so yeah. So basically, now it is like everyone is aware that it is super haunted, and now they're like, yeah, we're like gonna make money off of this. Which I'm wondering if that makes the ghosts even more active. That they're right. Like, what are the be. What are the ghosts like? Are they like okay? Well, yeah. So let's get into let's get into these ghosts because there are a lot to get through. <laughs> um, so. Let's start with room 502. Oh, no, that's a... Nope. <laughs> there's, always, there's, a, there's always a room. There's I always the most haunted room in the building. Whatever. So room 502 allegedly was host to not only a lot of sick and dying tuberculosis patients, but also was the site of two rumored deaths of nurses that worked there that were not sick. One nurse allegedly... These are, like, really sad, but these are these are who still haunt this room. One nurse allegedly... Uh, hung herself because she was pregnant oh with uh, 
one of the administra- like one of the higher ups of the administration of the hospital's child right. and he was married to someone else and wouldn't leave his wife for her. So she hung herself while pregnant and that was a head nurse and then another woman uh, threw herself out of the window, another nurse threw herself out of the window from 502 because she was so uh, like, de- she was like despairing and so depressed by all of the like patients that she was watching die. That's so Because it's like, Especially during this time, like they were doing, I have notes on this where they were doing surgeries that were like, oh, the, the lungs need space to swell when they're, you know, infected. Let's, let's take out ribs and take out muscle tissue of the ribs to give them room to breathe. So like these patients, I don't like, I think the, the, the doctors weren't like evil, but they like truly did not know what they were doing. And basically, like... And that's why we have science And that's why we have science So you know what? We retract our previous statement. Yes. Thank you, scientists. Thank I like my ribs. Um. But literally, they were like... They didn't have, you know, penicillin. They didn't have stuff to cure these people. So they were just kind of, like, trying whatever works. They were trying st- this open-air stuff. They were trying, like, surgeries to let the lungs have room to breathe. So, so many people were dying. Like, literally, like, thousands upon thousands of people were dying... Um, so that was why allegedly rumored that this other nurse, uh, killed herself. And apparently you can see shadowy figures of both of these nurses. If you go into this room at night, uh, one of which kind of like hanging from the ceiling from a rope. And then when you look back, she's gone. And then another that looks like someone is climbing out the window and jumping. And then if you go to the window and look out, there's no one there. Um, another haunting that's very popular that is a bit on the lighter side, uh, is named Timmy. Timmy is a seven or eight year old boy. I knew it was going to be a child. (laughs) And let me tell you, I don't know. Timmy is a seven or eight year old boy who was believed to have died uh, at the hospital in their children's ward, which is very sad. He he died uh, allegedly of tuberculosis. You know what? That's very sad. But Timmy, don't you be playing no games. Timmy loves to play games. (laughs) So uh, ghost hunters or even tourists will bring like... Um, like rubber balls or like like a like even like larger basketballs. And oh, he does them, not. No, roll them through the children's ward, and the ball will stop I and can't. roll in the other direction. I can't do that. Um, and he also apparently Timmy loves playing the the flashlight game. So oh, I'm glad guys, he does. <laughs> if you guys don't, <laughs> I'm glad know, he does. Uh, the flashlight game is uh kind of like a tool, like sort of like a tool used by like. Kind of like an amateur tool used by ghost hunters where you basically just take a flashlight, you turn it on, and then you unscrew the flashlight so the battery pack is like just up against the sensor. So it like is just off or just on. Um, and basically if there's like a ghost present, the ghost will turn the light on and off by like rolling the flashlight or adjusting it right. because it's right on the And edge. they can answer questions. You can yeah. do like two flashes for no, one flash for yes. And Timmy apparently loves well, playing. Well, I'm glad he does. Game. And you know what, Timmy? Don't you be playing no flashlight game with me. And... So. Uh, it goes back and forth because it's believed there's a, a woman who loves to play hide-and-seek, but it also is rumored, uh, like a young woman, and it's also is rumored that Timmy loves playing hide-and-seek. So his sort of like sh- a shadowy figure of a seven-year-old boy will like appear, and then you look again and he's gone, and then he'll like gesture from somewhere else. So I think Timmy sounds really sweet, and I, I feel really bad for him. He just wants to play. And when we go and visit, we'll we'll go. Mm. I'll bring. I'll make sure to bring some tennis balls or something to play. Oh with yeah, Timmy. and you know what? You go down. The, you have a nice little play date. I'll go. <laughs> I'll go. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to the nearest IKEA. Yes. Um, yeah. Do some shopping and see. Yeah. Um, another like cool. light one that I thought was just like nice, even though the the circumstances were really scary. One ghost hunter group went into uh, like the dilapidated kitchen of the ward, and it was just kind of all torn up. Like nothing was functioning. Um, and they were, they were there and nothing seemed to be happening. So they're like, okay, we'll go check out other areas. And before they could go, the door slams shut and they hear like sort of like footsteps going around and then they smell baking bread, like the smell of baking bread, Ooh, like fresh nasty bread I can get into. <laughs> You're like, no ghost children, no but, ghost a, children. but a ghost cook, but, bread. but a ghost baker. <laughs> Is it, um, that shit's free too. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like, there was no stale bread around. There was nothing like. It was like the, the smell of like fresh cooking, like fresh baking. Um, and now uh, going back to one of the darker sections, um, let's talk about the body shoot. So, Oh, hell no. <laughs> also known the as body. the death tunnel. So uh, this is the, the circumstances are very sad. I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable in that because this is funny. But 
so basically, so many people were dying at this tuberculosis ward, and they didn't want to uh, they didn't want to upset or discourage these still living patients. So they they excavated out a tunnel underneath the sanatorium and uh, had it lead to, a, I believe, a nearby train station. And they would pack bodies onto gurneys and roll them through, like, I don't think, I don't know if it's miles, but this, like, extensively, like, yards and yards, like, of tunnel underneath the sanatorium to the nearest station you know, so that they wouldn't have to see the bodies. I think I've seen this on, like, a paranormal investigation Yeah, this is, because... this is what they're, like, most famous for. Like, not everyone knows the Waverly Sanatorium, but, like, the, the tunnel. death tunnel is... Decidedly, room 502 and the death tunnel are decidedly the most active spaces, and definitely the the body shoot death tunnel is the most, like, malevolent, it seems. Um, so, I mean, and you can imagine, like, literally hundreds, if not thousands of dead bodies were carted through there. Like, sta- like and I know they, they probably didn't mean to be disrespectful, but, like, it sounded like they were stacked onto these metal gurneys, like, one on top of I another. I mean, probably because they had to. Just right, to, just because it was so much. So much. Um... So, uh, one of the, like, bigger sightings that happens in the body shoot death tunnel is called the Creeper. And apparently you can feel the Creeper's presence, uh, even if you just come to the sanatorium, but it's especially active in the body shoot. Um, and it basically seems to be either a a demonic presence. No, I'm leaving. You can't hear it, but I'm leaving right now. (laughs) I was walking out the door. door. Um, A seemingly a demonic presence, but maybe a very malevolent presence of someone who had passed away or multiple people. But basically um, a humanoid-like creature that will crawl along the ground (gasps) and along the wall, this sort of shadowy figure um, that carries with it this feeling of... um, like nausea and unease uh, and like sickness with it. Oh. Um, that's the creeper. And then one one more story that I wanted to share before I do kind of just like my rapid fire. A paranormal investigator, I want to make sure I give her credit, Stephanie Dolan, who is a journalist and, and paranormal investigator and maybe the bravest person I know when we get into these, um, went with, with a team at night to the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to rattle off some of the findings that they had. The first was as they were walking down the first level hallway, um, she had a, they, they turned off all their flashlights so that their eyes could adjust to the dark, which I was like, okay, you're asking for trouble. Like you need, you need light. You need, we want, you want a safe zone. You want to have lanterns. You want to have flashlights. Like you're asking for trouble. If you're like, oh, so our eyes will adjust. We'll turn off all of our lights and like just walk through this abandoned tuberculosis sanatorium. What's her name, Sarah? <laughs> Stephanie. Ste- Stephanie. Stephanie, girl, are, are you okay? Like, oh wait, yes. Know, we can we can share a therapist if you want. That's that's <laughs> some that's some bravery. Oh, and, my it goes back and forth. So we have we have Stephanie and Rick Hinton. So I think they were both on this trip, and I think. Rick was the one who who actually does a, a very brave thing that we'll get through because it I'm I'm actually losing my mind because I'm pretty brave that if you if you're if you're taking the personality quiz between Tyler and I I would probably run head first into haunted houses and like I said I'll be at the IKEA right and, and Tyler like, is not about if it if you survive call me in twenty minutes and I'll come pick your ass up but some of the stuff that they do that Rick and Stephanie are doing I. I don't know if I could do it. So basically, they're walking down this hallway, and uh, either Rick or Stephanie thinks that uh, one of their teammates, Doug, is walking with them. It's sort of a shadowy figure, but it has the same like shape and size of Doug, and okay. it's like a person walking next to her. Right. And uh, up ahead, they hear uh, someone trip, and Doug like laughs and makes a comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they turn on their flashlights and look next to them, and Doug is not there. Like the shadowy figure evaporates, and was like fully not him. He was up ahead, and th- this has been like has happened multiple times that they have these uh, doppelgangers or like body snatchers all around the sanatorium that are like shadowy figures that can take on the likeness. Oh, of there's a name for isn't a living it, um, living person. It's like a doppelganger. Yeah, doppelganger, like doppelgangers, and. This is the part that really weirds me out where it's like you could literally be walking with someone that you're like, like you and I go and we could get separated, but I could be walking with a Tyler that's like not you, that is some ghost from 1930. I don't like <laughs> Just that. Just like hanging out with me. I don't like that. Um, 
<laughs> so it was not Doug. This like shadowy figure like evaporates because and, and when when they turn on the light, the next and I think I think Rick does this. If it's you, Stephanie, I'm sorry. Rick or Stephanie, why don't y'all do this? I think it's Rick. Rick has on his request has his teammates <laughs> lock him in a morgue locker. So so the sanatorium has a morgue. They go into the morgue and he's like, okay, you guys hoist me into and lock me in a morgue locker and leave and then come back after like 10 minutes or something like and if if i'm if i'm understanding this correctly like i think they mean a morgue locker like where you put the body like laying i down. know what they mean like he is like, laying down he's lay he's lying like prone, as a dead body would and locked into one of those lockers. You know what? That is and then his the nerve. Team, all of his teammates leave. The nerve. <laughs> so he. What this a was king. Like, that was the one where I was like, and I'm not even that claustrophobic. Like I love scary things, but that, that's that's a lot. That's Rick, another level. Rick or Stephanie. Rick, I'm proud and Stephanie of you. are on another level. Literally. True. So basically, they leave, and he. It's like quiet for a while as he hears their footsteps retreating, and then he describes it as it seems like the small room comes to life. He couldn't see anything, but outside of the locker door, he can hear the sound of shuffling feet and the clattering of things being moved onto a metal gurney, like bodies being stacked onto the metal gurney and the gurney being like rolled out of the morgue, I guess towards the body chute. And all of the sounds stop when his team approaches and they say that they didn't hear anything, which... I mean, I guess that's like a best case scenario. I mean, it, it, that definitely is a residual yeah. form of haunting. So it wasn't. I'm glad it wasn't. Mali- I mean, I like he like his teammates fully could have come back to him like dead or him like possessed. Like he he got out of there. Or he would have been stuck in that damn locker, <laughs> right? Just because the the latch was stuck. Um, uh, and, oh wait, and then this is this one. This one is too much. So they go down into the body chute into the death tunnel. And the tunnel is so long and deep that they turn on their flashlights and the light from the flashlight can't reach the end of the tunnel. It's like that dark and deep. So they have laser pointers and one of them takes out a laser pointer and points it to what they think is the end of the of the death chute. And the laser hits something solid and whatever it hits, I guess this could maybe be the creeper, this could be another haunting, but that thing starts dead sprinting towards them like they can see the laser dot growing bigger and like landing on something that's moving like not a solid object sprint dead sprinting towards them and getting closer and closer and they can see like white outlines of this thing like it's not like rocks moving or the wind or something like it's the outlines of a humanoid form sprinting at them and right as it's about to get to them it like evaporates and the laser shoots back down the hallway I just my my jaw is on the floor. <laughs> um, I the the reaction in my body it just is so uncomfortable. Um, that is truly terrifying. <laughs> and then this group um, on, on a letter note, this was the last one I'll leave was. But this group apparently runs into a shadowy figure that wants to play hide and seek. That there is this this young woman and or young boy. And you know what? That plays head and seek. And, and you know what? I'll take that creeper that evaporates over the one that's playing. <laughs> You'd rather I have don't love a child. The demons. Ghost. I love children. You. I don't like children ghosts. Children ghosts. I really am just not into that. Well, yeah, so those are just a couple of the hauntings. Oh, and uh, one last one. We have um this one's also very sad. I, some people think that this is during the uh the geriatric uh center days, but apparently there is a uh bleeding female ghost that is uh, bound in chains and is bleeding from the chains that is screaming out for help and then if visitors will move close to her she'll scream out like in fear and terror and run away which like is one horrifying that like you can see something like because usually it's like shadowy figures or orbs or sounds but like that you can see something so clearly that you can see that it's a woman that's bleeding, bleeding but also just like that she is even in death, crying out for help and then also crying out in fear. Like, it's just so, so sad and so terrifying. And the funny part is, is like, as, as like an, an occult enthusiast, um, so many people want to see that kind of stuff and right. spend their whole lives paranormal investigating with that purpose of seeing a ghost right. and actually seeing an apparition that vividly. Um, I, however, do not want anything to do with this woman. I was like, where is Tyler going? Who is bleeding? 
Um, but well, yeah, so that is that's insane. That is the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. That's extremely crazy. haunted. Um, and I can't wait for us to visit. And I'm so excited for your story. Oh my goodness. Um, well, you know what? There's actually so many parallels that um, are in existence between our locations. I, this week, am going to present to you the Mansfield Reformatory, which oh is in Mansfield, Ohio. Um, I actually live about an hour north of uh, the reformatory in a little town called Brunswick, which is in... Um, a suburb of good old Cleveland, Ohio. So we can go visit this one. We too. can go visit this one too. <laughs> and then I'll leave and go, you know, retail therapy, and you can investigate and play. And Baron, I will go. And Baron Stone will go. <laughs> um, so the Mansfield Reformatory. Um, I always heard about this place growing up, and it was always like, "Do you want to go here for a weekend and get crazy and like, <laughs> like go like see some ghosts and shit?" And um, I always was like, "Well, um, no, quite frankly, um, because I'm a baby." Um, but this is one of the most, um, or supposedly one of the most highly active paranormal locations in the world. Um, it was actually the film set of the movie The Shawshank Redemption, um, which, I, again, I don't watch movies, so if you know what that is, congratulations. I've never seen it. You haven't seen The Shawshank Redemption? No. Wow. See, see listeners, this is why every a week therapist. I will be pressuring Tyler into watching a new movie. Uh, there is so much work to be done. I... We should watch that instead. As well, so below was a you know, Shawshank Redemption you know is amazing. We'll tackle this later. <laughs> okay, right, sorry, we'll tackle this later <laughs> in my therapy session. Um, so the Mansfield Reformatory, also known as the Ohio State Reformatory, opened in on September fifteenth of eighteen eighty six. As I said, it's located in central Ohio. It's kind of halfway between Columbus and Cleveland. If you're from the good old state of Ohio, um, amidst all of the cornfields and soy fields between two big cities, as we do in the Midwest. Um, it was originally intended to be, obviously, a true reformatory. Uh, reformatory obviously contains the word reform. So one might assume that this was a place where people went to um, rehabilitate and sort of... Um, be given the tools to adjust to life after prison. One of those kind of intermediate prisons, if you will. Um, uh, an actual quote from the superintendent of the prison. Um, he said, the Ohio State Reformatory must not only penalize, but it must furnish the incentive for the individual to direct his activities in a new and worthwhile line. Um, so I don't know about you, but like reading about this early on, I was like, oh, so this at first was the Holiday Inn of prisons. <laughs> um, they have an education system set up for them. It really was, um, it wasn't a high security facility. Yeah. Um, on opening, they had 150 male inmates, and this is shocking. They were ranging from ages 16 to 30. Oh. Um, I, I can't imagine being in prison at the age of 16 with 30-year-old men. And God knows where that went. Yeah. I don't even want to think. Um, all of them were immediately put to work upon arriving at the new Mansfield Reformatory, and they were working on the sewers, and they were also building a 25-foot stone wall around the prison. They were literally building They were their literally own building their own prison. That's so And the wall around up. the prison. And I, I mean, I can't even imagine being told, go build this wall to surround you for the rest of your sentence. Here. That's, that's crazy. I mean, that already is a... A little strange, and I can see how that would lead into our hauntings. But um, as I said before, uh, the the prison actually was focused on education as a part of uh, reform at the reformatory. Um, inmates were taught classes like reading, writing, math, and social sciences. Um, they even got them involved in trades such as engineering, plumbing, and excuse me, electrical mechanics. Um, they were really trying to set these inmates up to leave the prison with the hopes that they wouldn't come back right. and give them the means to succeed as best as they could. And uh, boy, did they fail. Um, <laughs> wow. to, to wrap up kind of that early, early take of the Mansfield Reformatory, um, it really was a place that was supposed to focus on rebuilding and helping these inmates uh, move to the next phase of their life, which would hopefully be a positive one. Um, it was looking like a kind of a, a poppin' place to be in prison um, compared to some other places. But uh, my next my next page of my notes is literally titled, Then Shit Went South. <laughs> um, so while this place was truly intended to um, be, a, be a good, productive place to be, 
Um, it quickly became overpopulated as the uh, prison system population was growing and expanding. Um, and they were starting to get these more um, hard and, and violent um really true criminals who mm-hmm. um i mean they were they were finding shanks and stuff and oh, cells wow. so you can see where that went yeah. um cells intended to house one were eventually forced to house three people so it was just overcrowding unhealthy mm-hmm. there was a lot of violence um and eventually after i think it was a century and a half of operation wow. and 155,000 inmates oh, um gosh. It ended up closing in 1990 um, because of a health order from the uh, Council for Human Dignity claiming that the prison's conditions were now, and I quote, unlivable. Um, they actually ended up delaying the closure. I think the the um, the group that wanted to close it got involved in the early 1980s, but they had to build a new facility to house all of the prisoners that were in the Mansfield Reformatory, so it did end up closing in 1990, as I said. But um, yeah, 155,000 inmates in that century and a half. Truly, that's oh. that's a lot. That's a lot of damn ghosts. That's so um, and you know what? As long as Timmy's not one of them, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be good. Um, but this is kind of the interesting. So as Stone was talking about his place, which honestly we didn't really talk. We we kind of we. We were talking about what we wanted to do for this first episode, and we sort of lined up the first couple um, segments that you heard, but we really didn't talk a lot about... About what, what each of us... We kind of wanted to surprise we were each other bring. with our right. stories. And to be honest, I don't want, I want to bore you with too much detail, because really, we kind of picked the same place, yeah, which is truly, truly very, very, very strange already. Very, uh, very, very occulty, if you will. <laughs> um, but this reformatory is now actually a place you can visit it's a really popular tourist attraction um it's been on ghost adventures and ghost hunters and all those crazy haunting shows it's actually it's also a halloween attraction which again you cannot pay me nope you cannot pay me enough money um (laughs) and it is haunted af so if you want that true halloween experience and if you want to get into that gig if you're about that (laughs) Go check out the Mansfield Reformatory because it is open and it is popping. Um, actually, my this is so funny. I was on a call with my mom the other day, and my mom and my sister just went there. Oh, like last week, and some oh, of the excited. and so I'm actually coming from um, a place of talking to people who just went there and had experiences there. So hopefully, going to uh, get to those in this little discussion, but. Um, so let's go into kind of like the ghosts and the haunting. Now that we've had a little bit of historical background. <laughs> um, so apparently upon like rolling up to this place, you're in your car, you pull up there, you look at this place and you're like, oh, I don't feel, something doesn't feel right. Mm. Um, I think anybody with any sort of um, spiritual experiences, you can relate to that kind of that um, pre-occurrence feeling of like, oh my gosh, something's about to happen or something strange happened here. I guess that is kind of like the... Um, overarching theme of rolling up to this place um and upon entering the spirits are said to be violent and malicious and again i quote um cell doors and the cell blocks will slam on their own uh, dark shadows and apparitions full body apparitions there are some crazy pictures on the internet if you get a chance um google some of the pictures of paranormal investigations at the mansfield reformatory it's really quite interesting um it's basically a hotbed of paranormal activity um so some of the specific hauntings that happen in here, the prison chapel is actually thought to be the center of the hauntings, which I thought was pretty interesting. I wouldn't really roll up to the chapel in a prison and be like, oh, this is this is where shit right. went down. Um, but it turns out that before it was a chapel, it actually was the execution chamber. <laughs> So, no, um, no, so no, I think, you know what, no, that's that on that. No, no. Um, that is... That's yeah. so like that. Transition? That is out of like the the like the book I of know. let me make the most haunted place. Let I me know. turn this executioner block into a prison chapel, and you think the spirits aren't gonna be are gonna be mad? You know what, that's, Tom, You know what, Thomas Jenkins? You didn't think that was you didn't think that was a bad idea. You didn't think about that. That's <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Um, I guess in here there are reports of light anomalies, shadows, and figures and. Um, 
the occasional the occasional um, grab or touch from a spirit, which I am not into that again. You know what? Anything but but if I can see him, if I can hear him, it's fine. If you're yeah, yeah. if you're reaching out and touching physical me, physical touch is like I really I can't get into that. That's... I just it's it's insane. Um, but yeah, who would have thought that the prison chapel, the the center of the haunting, is just very very interesting. But <sighs> prison chapel or execution chamber, you really got to do your research. <laughs> right. um, next up on my list, uh, the infirmary. Um, many inmates, um, were dealing with illness and beatings from, uh, violent other, or other violent inmates, guards, um, and I guess in here, um, people claim to hear lots of moaning and sort of that general, like, gloomy, like, death vibe is coming out of there and pumping through there. Death vibe. Um, but, I mean, as, as I said before, you know, it was... There was overcrowding in the prison, and they were sending more violent inmates. So, I mean, being beaten by inmates was not uncommon, but I, I just I can't imagine. Mm. Um, and th- what's even worse is I was reading up on the infirmary. Um, I guess a lot of people passed away just from starvation because other inmates would steal their food when the staff was gone. Oh, no. And, yeah, it was just really, really a, a dark place to well, be yeah, in. yeah, but, the, like, it's just a reason that the infirmary would be really... Like, a lot of these people like finally pass away. Like they're probably taken to the infirmary, beaten up, and bloody, like Thank starved, God. and then they die there. Right? And they're like, great, well, I'll haunt right here. Like, uh, the execute, like the executioner's block and the infirmary, of course, are two of the most right. insanely haunted places Just here. Death and so much left behind, and the violent death. Like I feel like <sighs> violent lives always like. I mean, starving because other inmates are taking your food. That's. I mean, because you physically cannot defend yeah. yourself. And, or beaten um, up by guards. Beaten up by guards and then probably Ooh. ignored by the prison staff. I mean, that the condition's truly just terrible. Um, the next one is a little bit of a, of a lighter haunting. Um, the library in the famous ghost Helen. Um, psychics who visit here uh, claim to see a ghost roaming the library of the prison. And they have all said that her name is Helen. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Everybody seems to just be in agreement. So I guess if you don't believe in psychics, this is a great case for you because they all say her name is Helen. Um, she is said to have been killed by inmates many years ago and just she's chilling in her library and just, you know, living her, living her most... Poor Helen. Well, know, and poor what Helen. she... Because it was a men's prison, right? So what what was she doing I, Oh my God. I, I Well, that was the other thing. Is I was like, I can't imagine what it was like to be a woman in this... In that time, right. in this prison that's exclusively for men. I mean, the 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 violence. I don't even want to think about right. Like, sexual I guess she, assault, maybe she was like, a, like a nurse, I guess, uh, or the librarian. You know, and that, and that's that is the interesting. I really couldn't find any explanation, but I guess I'll just agree. I guess I'll just agree. She's named Helen, <laughs> and um, I think I, I read one or two that were like, yeah, possibly maybe a nurse, something mm. like that. But um, yeah, Helen is just just oh, living her best life and chilling and vibing. You know what? I hope I hope she's okay. Um, the basement, of, of course. The basement. <laughs> you know, I just if you if you ask my mother, I just I don't even like my own basement. Um, I you know I used to sit down there playing my little computer games, my little uh, roller coaster tycoon, whatever your webkins, yes, roller coaster tycoon, yes, um, webkins, all of them. <laughs> and there would just be times where I come darting upstairs, and I'm like, "Mom, there's something in the basement." No, there's not. And yes, there is. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, anyways, back to the Mansfield Reformatory. Um, the basement is actually home to another famous ghost, and this is really throwing me for a spin. Um, it is a 14-year-old boy who is said to have been beaten to death in the basement. Oh, for, again, no. I could not... I didn't find anything about who this 14-year-old boy right, was. Right, because the, the age was like I was 16 around. I know, this I didn't say it, but I was like, okay, okay, oh, pop, a no. 14-year-old boy. But um, this ghost is, again, like Timmy. You know what? Oh, is he friendly? If, if my, Timmy, if you're out there, <laughs> you found a friend. Um, he's playful. Um, I hope they hang out. I hope they hang out too, and I hope you know maybe we'll get some selfies on the Instagram. And we can, and and we can hang out with them. Yes, yeah, you can hang out with them. <laughs> you you don't you know, want anything to hang do out with them. You can give me their number. They can they can text me. Um, that's as much as that's as much as I want to be involved. <laughs> um, but 
this ghost apparently likes to play tricks and seems to be encountered with a youthful and playful energy. Maybe we gotta we gotta bring the ball in there and yes, see, the and see what the heck happens. Um, some people also report seeing a guard down here who I guess is supposed to be or supposed to be one of the most malevolent spirits oh. on the property. Um, just by the way that he looks and the way that he walks and moves, it's apparently quite haunting. <laughs> um, so. I don't like I don't like basements, but you know what I'm I I, I don't want to venture down into this one definitely not at all one. not this um, the whole oh um, every every prison investigation you see on one of the paranormal investigation shows they're always going to talk about solitary and I mean it's it's not hard to yeah. understand why I mean I just I I can't imagine being put in I mean, I can I, I can barely handle being in like my room sometimes for too long. It's like right. I need to get out. I I can't. I truly can't imagine being just in like a metal in box. this box. Um, so the hole at the Mansfield Reformatory is located in the basement, and it was the ultimate uh, punishment, obviously, for disobedient inmates. Um, the small cells were barren and infested with rats and Ugh. cockroaches, um, which literally disgust. I mean, I. If, I bet if you put me in a space, I could handle it for at least a little while, but you add dirtiness, and if there's one thing I don't like, it's it's <laughs> messy, dirty, nasty, grimy, that crusty, busty, and dusty. Though. I can't deal with it. Right. I just can't and do cockroaches. it. I just, I can't. Um, prisoners down here were deprived of light, and there were reports of them just simply going mad and killing themselves, hanging Jeez. themselves, doing whatever they could to escape. Um, so... I would really, if if I were to use my energy to go anywhere in that prison, I really would probably go down there and see what's happening because yeah. the energy is probably off the charts, if yeah. my assumption is correct and based off of the research. But um, visitors down here report feeling illness and nausea and just this overall feeling of gloom and depression. Um, often there are disembodied voices captured. Um, and I quote, generally unsettling sounds. <laughs> I don't want to know what that means or what that sounds like or looks like. But um, And also the feeling of constantly being watched because, you know, we love, we love paranoia. Um, it's also very interesting that both of ours have like either a physical person, like the creeper or the guard, or <laughs> just like a general vibe that's not just like unease or like, oh, it's like a spooky place. But, like, illness. Like, mine had that, too, of, like, nausea. Yours had nausea, like, feeling sick to your stomach just by, like, walking into a space or seeing, like, the shadowy form of something bad. Right. The, like, I, I'm just, I honestly do think I'm the same as you as much as I, like, literally love ghosts. That I'm good with if I can hear something or if I can see something. Like, I'm good with that. Right. But, like, ghosts that can touch you or no. physically affect you. I don't like that. And literally, like you were, like you were saying, like almost all the spirits, besides I guess maybe Helen or the boy, were yeah, like they're grabby and touchy and violent. No, 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 no. I really, no, no. Tr- I can't, I can't, I can't get behind that. Um, and my sister, when my mother and my sister went there, I guess my sister ended up. I think, I think they actually were down in the basement oh. or something. <laughs> if if I'm wrong, Leah, I'm sorry. Um, but my sister at one point felt like a stabbing pain on her leg and they, oh they used like a flashlight like lifted her pants up and there was like a giant scratch down her leg. Oh my gosh. And I just, ugh, it just, um, no, I, I no, can't no, imagine, no. I, I have a lot of trouble understanding like the whole concept of like something that I can't even, can't even see being able to do harm like that. Right. It just, that's, that's insane. Obviously it happens, but Ugh, it just makes my skin crawl. Um, and the the other scary the other scary thing is just some of the pictures that they captured. Um, I, I ended up I showed Stone one, and I mean he can attest to this. There's oh, this yeah. one. Um, it's it's this like seemingly like red orb. Hello, bear. <laughs> bear is bear. Bear is stepping in, and he is. Um, he says that that sounds spooky, and um, he would he would not like to go. Um, but. Um, they they captured this picture that I'm particularly interested in of this giant red like orb figure thing yeah. and it just the picture before nothing is there and I guess they kept as the night went on they kept capturing this red orb 
throughout like several pictures and it's this it doesn't there's something it doesn't look right it's got like these lines yeah in it. it just it's Almost very like... it's not dust it's no. not like anything well and it's weird too because like the photos are back to back and i feel like we sometimes see like with the flash of a camera like like kind of light spots and and even in paranormal things there are like orbs of light that like that's like a common right. occurrence but this is like deep red lines. It's like blood the, red. Blood red that almost looks like like lines of text or like scratches or something. Like they're over and over lines through this like red orb. And I, I honestly don't know what it was. But like I I when when I see stuff like that, I'd be like, oh, maybe it's just like the camera splash. But you literally have right. like back to back pictures. I know. And it's the same. And well, the other interesting thing is that she was saying... Um, there's like no light in this prison. Right. So like whatever light you bring if you're there at night, like that's what you that's have. It. That's all that you have to Ugh. work with. <laughs> so the fact that they're capturing these and they're using the same equipment, the same lighting right. sources over, it just, it oh, really doesn't make sense um, as to why something like that would show up in the image. Um, yeah. But overall, just very, very um, violent and dark. And I, 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 again, I think it's really interesting that we pick places that kind of have the same story. Like institutions. Institutions that really took a turn for the worst. And just simply And didn't not. work out. And they became hotbeds of paranormal activity. And I mean, that's a that's a pretty common theme in watching like paranormal investigation totally. shows. It's just these places that have so much tragedy and darkness and drama surrounding them. Um, and that's like the recipe for the yeah, most... Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's especially like... like a, a common thread I feel like when you, when you research criminal investigations and, and hauntings are like violent deaths like like deaths that are you know someone passing away peacefully right. in their sleep in their home maybe that person like you know makes their presence known every now and again but like those are people that you know in whatever you believe in go to the other side or like are at peace and it seems to be in these places like hospitals asylums prisons that where people are having just like really painful end of lives uh, are where, you know, they have decided to stay and to be, to either cause trouble or to be, and I feel like, especially in your story case, like violent and malicious. And I honestly, that's what it seemed like also in, also in the, in the death tunnel. So because especially like, again, with like the creeper, which just really sends me right to another planet. Um, there's got, I always think there's got to be something that happened there that opened the door for, for something like, like that to yeah, exist. Yeah. To be described as like humanoid or like Demonic. crawling on wall. Like yeah. that, like that's got to be the manifestation of something just truly so dark that it was able to open a door for whatever that is to come in. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing um, a truly horrifying place. Um, for our very last segment, before we say goodbye, we want to get you guys involved. We're going to ask each other this question, and then we would love to hear from you guys. This is our tap out section. Absolutely. Uh, and our question for this week is, which place would you rather stay the night at and why? So between, it's neither an option. <laughs> no. So I don't between, want to go to Between the two, between the Waverly Hills Sanatorium and the Mansfield Reformatory, uh, do you want to go first, or should I go first? I'll go first. You go first. Which you would know you rather what? stay out and you know what? for the night? You know what? You really convinced me. I really would. I would love. You know what? I would love to go stand next to that death <laughs> tunnel, shoot whatever the hell, and just experience looking at it and pick up the vibes, and then walk away. And then walk away. I really. There's just something. I mean, there's something about that description um, from Stephanie and, and and Rick. And Rick. I mean. That's insane. Um, the laser pointer thing really got me, the that, way that they described it. Like, this creature sprinting at them. Like, that is... I had a visceral reaction. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, I, I definitely would, would like to go and see that. So, we definitely... Maybe we should? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Oh, I do have to agree with you. I think that as much as I wanted mine to be scarier so that uh, people would pick yours and I would win, I, I don't know. I, I'm really good with all kinds of hauntings except for ones that are like touchy. So I think I'd much rather stay at the sanatorium, um, hang out with Timmy, play some catch, play hide and seek. And you know what? Again, 
<laughs> even still with the touching like the children ghosts the, you know I read all the time those children ghosts they are always disguising themselves as children <laughs> they're like come play with me and it's like you know what absolutely not because I know under there there's something like that humanoid creeper and absolutely <laughs> not I just I don't want any part of that I don't need that but let us know we both are saying the sanatorium but I want to hear y'all's takes uh, whether you'd like to stay at the reformatory yeah. or the sanatorium um, and the way that you guys can do that is by uh joining us on our social media do you want to list them off absolutely so as our as our um amateur social media manager (laughs) here at a cult classic the podcast um please give us a follow and a like we are on instagram and facebook at a cult classic podcast and you can find our twitter at podcast underscore occult uh please follow us um share us with your friends um get the word out there you know we're really, we're really kind of just relying on um, audience engagement and you guys letting people know that we exist. Because um, we want to keep doing this. We want to keep doing this. So if people will listen, we'll keep, <laughs> we'll keep going. We'll keep providing. Um, also, if you want to go to our uh, Anchor website, uh, we are on anchor.fm slash occultclassic. If you click the support button, you can don- donate to us. Uh, and help us continue to bring you the best content we can. Uh, And hopefully if we can get enough money pooled, we might be buying some uh, ghost hunting equipment and do some, uh, some, if you're on our Patreon or whatever, some trips out to these places. Um, That's exciting. I'm so excited. Also, if you guys are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music, if you can give us a good review, uh, if you can bear a grease, bear said, please give us a good review. Uh, uh, give us a good review follow us download um, any way to boost us on those uh, apps so that they will so we can rise up the charts so more people can find and join us on uh, our our crazy obsession with uh, really scary terrifying things and Bear is wagging his tail and saying (laughs) thank you so much for your support Um, before we close out for today I really do want to send a shout out to my good friend and our now resident uh, graphic designer yes Um, if you like our logo that is the work of Abby Pickens who is a sophomore graphic design major at Kent University or Kent State University in Kent, Ohio Um, you can check her out at X Abby Pickens X on Instagram. Uh, you can DM her there for commissions and more information about her art and her skill set. She did a really great job. Um, thank you so much, Abby. We really appreciate it. We love it. Um, fits right along with our ooky spooky theme with the crystals and the tarot cards. <laughs> yes. I am obsessed it with it. It looks amazing. Looks awesome. So our next episode will be out Saturday, November 7th, if all goes according to plan. And we can't wait to see you guys then. I already have an idea of what I'm going to do. Ooh. Um, so we will see you guys next <sighs> I week. I can't wait. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. 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 See you next time. Oh, my God.